Welcome to the All the Hats We Wear podcast. This show will teach you the time management skills you need to live your life like it's a masterpiece. You're going to learn a completely unique and innovative approach to managing your crazy busy life. I'm a musician, so you're going to learn a musician's creative and intuitive system for productivity and work-life balance. I believe the key to a fulfilling life is to manage all the roles you play those hats you wear, and when you do this, you'll be more joyful, productive, and fulfilled in all areas of life. I'm a life coach, productivity expert, and your host, Scott Snow. All right, welcome to episode 91 of the All the Hats We Wear podcast. Today's episode is titled The Billion Dollar Woman, and we're talking about the great Sarah Blakely who is the creator and founder of Spanx. And they make women's clothes, and I guess also uh, clothes for men too now. So she was in the news recently because she um, sold her company or a a majority stake of her company for $1.2 billion to a company called Blackstone Company. And she was saying how this, it was an all-female transition team from Blackstone as well. So that was really good. So she made this famous uh, viral video of her announcing the, uh, the sale of her company. She gave each one of her employees two round trip tickets to anywhere in the world, first class, and $10,000 cash for spending. So pretty awesome boss. And she's just an inspiration. I, did, I spent some time watching a lot of her past interviews, and she just really seems authentic and she seems like a great role model for having someone that has a great business, who's accomplished a lot, but is still uh, very much able to be authentic and real and humble. And she was really good at sidestepping any kind of lures to get her into the negative. So she's really cool. She got her start with the company in the year 2000. And uh, she, had, she started with $5,000 that she made from selling fax machines door to door. So she's a real scrapper and she turned that $5,000 into a billion dollar company. She said back then everybody laughed at her because she had a goal. She said, this company is gonna be worth $20 million. And everybody just you know, thought she was nuts. Of course, that's a sky's the limit type of goal if you follow the all the hats we wear system of goal setting. She says she will remain on as executive chairwoman so she can keep that company uh, going with her original intent. She said that being underestimated is both a weakness and a great strength. It reminds me of uh, my favorite episode of Game of Thrones when Daenerys, the mother of dragons, makes a deal for the unsullied army with a real jerk of of a guy and she speaks his native language. He didn't assume that, you know, she understood what he was saying. So he, he was saying all these snide remarks about her, you know, as they, was, as they were uh, negotiating the deal and she could understand it all, but she didn't let on that she understood. So she was being underestimated and she really goes Michael Myers on, on that guy. <laughs> I'll put the, uh, the link for the episode in the show notes. Sarah says that there are two reasons to create your own business. One is to do something better. And two 
is because you have something that doesn't exist. And she said, in, in spite of all competition, because she said she's always had competition that, that came up against her, she says, always make your product your North Star. So that was Sarah Blakely, a great inspiration. You've probably always heard that you can learn from your failures, but did you know you can also learn from your successes? The military does this, in fact. After every single combat encounter, they have what they call after action review. And you know whether it be training exercises or real life things, regardless of if they win or lose, they always do that. And that's a great habit to do. You do a post-mortem. And here are four questions you can ask once you have a success so that you can replicate that success and build upon it. What did you set out to do? What actually happened? Why did it happen? And what are you going to do next time? Don't stop believing. Da, da, da. Well, you know the tune, Journey. Great singer. Oh my God, that's Steve Perry. It's too bad that I don't know if he had mental illness or anxiety or, you know, what, what was the challenge for him to leave the band but such a great singer, great band. I was reading a story about that song, Don't Stop Believing. And actually this song started with a pep talk from a dad to his son, which was pretty touching. I think it was the organ player or the synthesizer player that was really, you know, they, they weren't making any money. He owed money for everything. He couldn't pay the rent. He was really in the dumps. And he was talking with his dad on the phone and he was basically saying, I'm probably just gonna give up on music. And his dad was wise enough to say, don't stop believing. And he wrote that down in a notebook. He, he never forgot it. And of course, that became the big song they worked on. So who is your supporter in life that would say that when you're down in your dumps? And who would you do that for? Who are you the mentor that would do that for someone else? Very important questions. I love how they talk about creating their song, Don't Stop Believing, in the process. I always like to hear that. There was another story um, about Paul McCartney and his process for songwriting and the classic song Yesterday. And he said they would just use nonsense words because he, he got the melody first in his head and he wanted to remember it. So he just put in some nonsense words. So he said, uh, scrambled eggs. And that became you know what, what he remembered as the song scrambled eggs oh my baby how i love your legs not as much as i love scrambled eggs <laughs> so that was the first line of his uh, song so that he could remember it elizabeth holmes is in a lot of trouble she's uh having a trial right now and for fraud and a bunch of other things for her company theranos and their original idea was that you could take a drop of your blood and do tests and find out like 200 things about your health from that one drop of blood. It would have been completely revolutionary for the healthcare industry. Only problem is it didn't work. They didn't have the research to back their claims. But the fascinating thing was that she was super successful at getting millions and hundreds of millions of dollars of investors' money and funding for her company. 
And it turns out she was she idolized Steve Jobs. She even wore the black turtleneck all the time. She had a very odd demeanor when I watched that. It was a Netflix documentary about her. I was fascinated. She has a very, very low voice. Like it's it doesn't even make sense when you're looking at her and you hear her voice. It's a very odd, low voice. I'm sure she is brilliant, but somehow she was able to just convince seasoned investors, people that knew what they were doing and didn't just throw their money around, but she was able to get money from all those people, fooled them all. I'm always fascinated by those rise and fall type of tales. So we'll see what happens in the trial. I've got a golden ticket. Willy Wonka is one of my favorite all-time movies and stories. And actually, Willy Wonka was the original inspiration for me to start my business. All the hats we wear way back when, about 15 years ago. And I just started to think, you know, I love the idea of the Wonka factory. And you're looking at this huge thing. And really, the beauty of Wonka and his company was that they had no competition. They were in a completely different league. Nobody could catch them. Nobody could replicate them. And they were really had no competition because they were so unique and so innovative and, and colorful and creative. And everything that went with it was just really inspirational. I even had a golden ticket that I cut out and I put up on the wall in my office as inspiration. For this podcast, because I knew I wanted to talk about Wonka, I listened to the audiobook again. And uh, there's some great things. I mean, excellent story, great writing. I love how Mr. Bucket, Charlie's father, Mr. Bucket, his job was a toothpaste cap screwer. <laughs> That's all he did all day long was screw on those caps to the toothpaste. I think that was such a funny job to do. And I love the description of Charlie's birthday where he gets a candy bar. One time a year, he gets a candy bar because they were so poor. And he said that he put it in a special wooden box. And he, he would take it out once a day. He would have this chocolate bar and it would last a month because he savored it. He only, he would unreal a tiny, tiny bit of foil and then take the smallest nibble out of the chocolate bar and savor it. And it just melted on his tongue. And he really was in the moment for it when they all the uh, grandparents were talking about Wonka and someone said oh he's clever and and Grandpa Joe got mad he says he's more than clever he's a magician they talked about a candy where it was like a bluebird's egg and you put it in your mouth and suddenly nothing is left but a tiny pink sugary baby bird on the tip of your tongue it's just the great descriptions in the book are awesome I love the description of the factory and the chimneys in the inventing room where there's pots boiling and bubbling kettles simmering and hissing and sputtering and steam and crazy sounds and beepers. It's really creative. All the smells, things are exploding in the background. <laughs> in an interview, Roald Dahl was asked about how he gets the idea for a story. And he says that sometimes you start with a tiny seed of an idea and it doesn't come easily. He says, you could be mooching around all year before you get a great idea. So once you get it, you've got to be careful with it. Walk around with it, sniff it, touch it, poke it. And I love this idea of making a, an idea, something physical that can be so helpful to us. And he helps to, um, this, he says it, it also helps to exaggerate the traits of your characters in the story or events. And this connects with journaling. As you know, the all the hats we wear system 
for productivity, one of the key elements is journaling because it's such a great engine for your creativity and your attitude of gratitude. So if you can exaggerate in your journal, that would be even better. Don't just describe something, but make it something more. The exaggeration is really a great way to be more expressive and to communicate what you feel more clearly. I remember back at UMass, University of Massachusetts, I wanted to be a music student in the music program. So I had to audition and I'm a drummer percussionist. So I was, I was practicing a timpani solo for my audition. The timpani are the huge kettle drums in the back of the orchestra or concert band. So the part that I saw on the page was like the rhythm was bump, 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 bump. But my instructor at the time, Tom Hannum, was very wise and he, he said, you got to make something of that. You can't just play that. That doesn't, that conveys nothing. So he had me start with a big, louder, emphasized beginning of the phrase and then have a crescendo. So start it with a big note and get very low and then build. And this all happens very quickly. So instead of bum, 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 he had me play boom, 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 boom. So it really, it, it sounds completely different. So that's an ex example of exaggeration. And you can do that in your works as well. Have that contrast built in to whatever you're doing, whether it be a project or writing or a letter or a message or a speech, have that contrast and know where you can have your highs and your lows. I love the line, so shines a good deed in a weary world. That was at the end of the movie, of course, of Willy Wonka, when Charlie decides to give back his everlasting gobstopper, even though Wonka, you know, was gonna, was just kicked him out and, you know, was rude to him. I guess this line is from Shakespeare, Merchant of Venice. Although I believe in the original, they said, so shines a good deed in a naughty world. So a little different. I love Willy Wonka with his creepy side. You know, his, that poem when he's in, in the tunnel and the boat that's going wild and everyone's getting freaked out. That was such a great moment. He says, not a speck of light was showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes, the danger must be growing for the rowers keep on rowing and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing. And of course, I love Veruca Salt and all the bratty kids. My wife and I even use that line for the kids if they get too demanding or bratty. We say, okay, Veruca, <laughs> I want it now. And they talk about, I've read a couple articles with, you know, comparing Willy Wonka and leadership skills. And one of them was, you know, are you the creator or destroyer? And of course, Veruca was more of a destroyer. She showed that she had very little imagination when Willy was talking about his, his lickable wallpaper. And he says, you know, lick the snozberry. They taste like snozberry. And she says, snozberry, there's no such thing as snozberry. And how little imagination she had stemming from her upbringing. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I have a, a challenge for you to close out here. And this is called Rolls and Goals. 
So the challenge is to make a list of your 15 to 20 different roles that you play, the different hats you wear, and come up with a goal or a couple goals for each one. I'd love to hear them if you want to email them to me or text me, 774-230-3928, or reach me through my website, allthehatswewear.com. And I would love to help you with it too. If you're struggling with it, contact me and we'll set up a time for a free consult and I'll get you on the right path. I do coaching and workshops. So the parameters for this challenge are the 15 to 20 roles. You want to have four different types of roles, the mind, body, spirit roles, giving and receiving roles. That's the input and the output. You know, some and probably would be financial goals that you have, but also the uh, philanthropy and giving type of roles. And then we also have personal roles and professional roles. You can check out my website for a lot of examples and a lot on that. And for the goals, there are five types of goals in the All the Hats We Wear system. They are action goals. This would be like I meditate 20 minutes a day. These are your marching orders. Very specific, very clear. You have your I am, I have goals. And these are like snapshots in time. You know, I earn X dollars per month. I'm a world-class problem solver. I'm a visionary. I'm the best dad I can be. A lot of times they're not as measurable, but they're still very important and inspirational for you. You also have deadline goals. By December 31st, I have X money in my mutual fund. Or by X date, I weigh X pounds. Sky's the limit goal. This is, we talked about this before with uh, Sarah's big goal of having a $20 million company. Maybe it's, you want to be the host on Saturday Night Live and yell, and live from New York, it's Saturday night. So the main point is put in your imagination, think really big. You've got to think big for this one. If you don't laugh at it and other people laugh at it, it's not big enough. That's your sky's the limit goal. Or as Jim Collins would say, big, hairy, audacious goals. And lastly, we have the combination goals, which you would combine some of the other four types of goals. Usually, you know, if you have a big goal, you want to back it up with what are you going to do each day? So it's always good to connect those as well. Thank you for spending this time with me. Again, if you have any questions or you'd like to get some help on this challenge of roles and goals that will really help you get on track, contact me at my website, allthehatswewear.com. See you next time. Visit allthehatswewear.com for more information on how we can help you and your team be more productive and have better work-life balance. We offer coaching, trainings, and workshops that'll empower you to be more joyful, productive, and fulfilled in all areas of life. Visit allthehatswewear.com.